So I'm not Pastor Ron. Obviously, he is unable to be with us this morning. I hope he's watching and can be encouraged by what comes forth this morning, but uh, physically just not able to be here today. And so continue to pray for him. He finished his treatments this past week. But there are lingering side effects. And I have not taken radiation, so I can't say, oh, this is how he feels, or oh, this is what he's going through. I just know what he tells me. And so we are ready for that season of ill side effects to be done. <laughs> if you're around him much, he's, he's an energetic person. He really is. And he wants to stay busy. And there are uh, times that he just gets visions and, and uh, gets a little get up, a little giddy up in his, in his step. Yeah. And, uh, but he, he's just been battling through this season. And so we're ready for him to get his giddy up back. Amen. Uh, wow. Christmas. And so uh, several, what, two weeks ago, I had an opportunity to talk to you guys about the shepherds in the Christmas account and how we are shepherds. And last week, I got to talk a little bit about the wise men and the value of your very best. Your very best, because it's not a question of works. It's a question of worth. He's worth your very best. Oh, you have to get up and go to church. I don't have to, but I want to because he's worth it. Get in my Bible. I don't have to. I get to because he's worth it. I get to give my very best. So thankful for that. So this morning, it's going to be just a little different. I wrestled with this a tad bit because, man, I... you. You guys know, I don't have to sit up here, stand up here and convince you. I love Christmas. I'm just a Christmas freak. And I, I just, I get, I get bubbly and giddy. And Jenny and I got to go out yesterday to Cape and do a little Christmas shopping. And the mall was full of hustle and bustle. It was booming. And just a side note, we came out of, of Penny's and there were, 30 folding chairs set up. This has nothing to do with anything, and it's not spiritual at all, okay? We came out of Penny's, 30 folding chairs set up, and every chair had the same sign on it. Reserved for tuba player. Yes! <laughs> oh, they all said that. All 30 of them. Reserved for tuba player. So we, we just left. We kept going. We went down and did our stuff. And once we were coming back toward Penny's, we began to hear this majestic sound. Now, I hadn't been anywhere ever where there are 30 tubas playing jingle bells. Wow. Very powerful. Very, you know, whoosh. And, uh, but it was good. And there were a lot of people that were there. And that was fun. Every tuba player had you know, a little Christmas something on, and uh, people were just gathered around. Some were singing along, some were, had their phones out taking pictures and filming. But that was just a lot of fun. And so for me, being a Christmas freak, I was like, we gotta just stop here for just for a moment. Take it in. <sighs> Tubas during Christmas. It's awesome. 
Um, so I, I say that I love Christmas, but I wrestled with what I was going to speak on this morning just because at, at Christmas, I think more than any other time, we, we just want to feel good. And, you know, there can be a level of depression and stress that kind of sets in. And so I don't want to add to that. <laughs> I don't want to add to your stress, add to your, your burden. But I do want to just turn a little bit to the serious today. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture, cover to cover, is given by inspiration of God, okay? And then Paul telling Timothy, he says it's profitable four ways. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. Now, you know, I'm like you. I like to sit and hear, you know, of this and this and this that makes me feel all good and bouncy and bubbly. But there are also times that from the pulpit it needs to be said in a, in a challenging way, okay? Something that needs to be highlighted and some light needs to be shown on it. And so the title this morning is Wake Up. And I think of uh, me being the, the sports guy, you guys know. Uh, growing up at my house, you would think that we watched a lot of football because of all the football I like to speak about and watch and discuss, but my dad was a big boxing fan, and so that's what we watched growing up, and his favorite fighter was Muhammad Ali, world heavyweight champion, mainly in the 70s, a little bit in, in 80, um, and probably even back in, into the late 60s. He could tell you more than I could. But in the very first fight against Joe Frazier, they fought three times. In the very first fight, there was so much dialogue that went back and forth between the two fighters. Both fighters were undefeated. Ali was the champion, had been stripped of his title. Frazier now had the title. Both were undefeated, and they were ready to face each other, I believe, in Madison Square Garden in New York City, and Frazier said to Ali, I'm going to knock you out. I will leave the arena as reigning heavyweight champion of the world. And Ali, in all seriousness, all seriousness looked right at him and said, Joe, you better wake up and apologize. You're dreaming. And I hear that in the text and the, and the verses, the, the word that's going to come forth this morning. Because we look at that and we kind of smile. But in all honesty, the Holy Spirit who loves us and is with us constantly will occasionally lean into our heart and say, you need to wake up. You need to understand, you need to realize, and you need to adjust. And you think, well, how in the world is this going to tie in with Christmas? Well, so glad you asked. Let, let's look at a couple verses this morning. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 7. The Bible says, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Here's what I want to emphasize. Because there was no room for them in the end. You guys keep those words in your brain. 
there was no room. Let's look then at Ephesians chapter 5. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus in verse 14 says, For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Awake, O sleeper. Bethlehem, sadly, was not ready for what was about to take place that we have celebrated for 2,000 plus years. And so I want to point out just a few things briefly this morning that hopefully challenges and encourages you this Christmas season. The first point I'd like to, to bring forth is that Bethlehem simply had no room for Jesus. We read that in Luke chapter 2, verse 7. There was no party that was prepared for the Messiah. There was no parade that was beginning to show forth this celebratory event. No coronation was planned for the King of Kings and his arrival. And I think how sad that is that Bethlehem had an opportunity and they missed it. How great would this story have, have been, this account taken uh, and, and presented, if we would have read and the planning that was, that was in motion and, and the, the things that were going to take place as they prepared for the coming of the Messiah. I watched It's a Wonderful Life last night. If you're familiar with It's a Wonderful Life, there's a time where they're preparing for George Bailey's brother, Harry, to uh, come back from receiving the Congressional Medal of Honor. And they have set up a huge banner, Welcome Home, Harry Bailey. They had a band ready to go. They were going to have a parade. And how cool that was to celebrate this national hero but I've said this before from this pulpit, there are times where there is no parade for the things of God and the children of God and the, the plan of God. There may not be a coronation ceremony ready for the king of kings in people's life, as was the case in Bethlehem. Oh, how it would have sounded so much better to say the banners were set up, the band was ready, the parade was ready to go. The king of kings was to come, but Bethlehem, they, they had no room. Mary and Joseph showed up in desperation looking for a place in which she could give birth, but there was no room. How many places did they go and knock at the door? How many people did they talk to? How many different locations were, were sought out and were investigated and were, were given an attempt so they could use as a place for the birth of the King of Kings? I don't know. It's interesting to think about. One by one, I'm sorry, 
we have family in. My in-laws are here tonight, and it's just going to be a full house. We hope that things go well for you and your child-to-be. We just have no room for you. And how often I look at that and think, how am I like Bethlehem? How much have I filled up in my life and I have no room for God? How many times have I placed emphasis on the wrong thing and, and said, God, I would love it if you would take control and, and bless me in this situation. I just don't have room for you. Here's, here's something to remember. God always has room for you. In his plan, in his, his scheme, in the things of life, he always has room for you. No matter how far you run, he has room for you. No matter how far you've wandered, he has room for you. No matter how many bad choices you are making or I am making, he always has room for me. I, I try to tell this to as many people as will listen to me. I let them know, you are the apple of God's eye. You, individual, one, you're the apple of his eye. When you wake up, he gets excited. And when you smile, he smiles. And when you have a victory, he has a victory. And he wants to bless you. He does. God's holding out on me. That's not true. He wants to bless you. He, he wants to elevate you. He wants to do to you what he did to Joseph. No matter what happened, not the Joseph in this story, the Joseph in the Old Testament, uh, the Joseph who was sold by his brothers, the Joseph who never got to say goodbye to his mom the next time he reconnected with his family, uh, she had died. Uh, the, the Joseph who had so much taken away from him and yet every time the situation and circumstance could have pushed him down, he is like cream and he rose to the top. And that's what God wants to do to you. Even in the midst of your valley, realize that God still has a plan. He's still working. He wants to bless you. But how much room do I make for him? It's just what Miss Betty had talked about. And I know, there, I'll say this, you guys, some of, some of you would be like, oh my gosh, so redundant. But, you know, you were talking about the tithe. There is an if and a then when it comes to blessings of the Bible, Okay. You have to realize that. I, I, can't, I, <laughs> I can't not go and visit the gym and eat right and do right things and expect to look like Brad. It won't happen. There has to be an if and a then. And so for those blessings, there, God wants to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on us that there's not room to receive it, Malachi 3.10. But we need to walk in faith and say, well, God, I'm going to honor you then with my first fruits. If you don't, then don't be surprised when financial situations come into your life and you're like, man, where's God? Well, where did, you had no room for him. And like I said, I, I, don't, I don't want to be uh, negative and, and down, but these are things that you have to realize. If then, if you'll hearken diligently into the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord will set you on high above all nations of the earth, okay? There's an if and a then. If you're willing and obedient, then you'll eat the good of the land. It won't happen until you're willing and obedient, okay? Um, it's like trying to go to heaven if you haven't accepted Jesus. You want heaven, you just don't want the commitment of relationship with the Lord. And you're missing it because there's, with the if, there's a then. 
They go hand in hand. Bethlehem said, I have no room for you. King of kings, mother of the Christ child, husband, I have no room for you. And they missed it. They missed it. Number two, Bethlehem literally slept through the birth of the Messiah. And there needed to be a wake-up time. I think of this, I think, and I am just kind of spitballing this morning. Could Bethlehem have been more prepared? Could they have been more ready than obviously what they were? I say yes. And you say, well, how were they to know? Well, Micah, the prophet, in Micah 5.2, told all of them. And it says this in Micah 5.2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be littlest among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be the ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. Micah told them, guess what, Bethlehem? You're the place. It's going to go down right there. Always be ready. Always be looking. Always be watching. Don't be sleeping. Don't be filling your house with other things. Be ready because it's coming. And get this. Let's look ahead to Matthew chapter 2 when the wise men came to Herod. Matthew chapter 2 verse 4. It says, when he, Herod, had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Where is this going to take place? And they said unto him, this is all the scribes, all the church leaders, all those that were following God and his spirit and moving and, the, and the, the prophecies, they said, in Bethlehem of Judah. For thus it is written by the prophet, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come forth a governor that shall rule my people Israel. But even in the midst of the prophecy, even in the midst of the promise, they missed it. They slept through. I recently had a dream that was so riveting. It's not going to mean that much to you, but it was, it was worthy enough. I've told Jenny this story a couple times. Trinity and I, when she was here, we would take a walk every evening and just kind of, you know, talk about our day. And when we walk, we usually... Uh, reference similar things and she is a lot like me she loves the fall she loves college football she loves pumpkin pie she loves those things that the fall brings those cooler temps and we'll walk in April and we'll talk about October and November and December and we'll talk about it and it's coming we're one day closer it's coming and we look forward to it with anticipation and I said, Trinity, I had this really riveting dream last night. And this was probably, I don't know, July when it was really hot. I said, I had a dream that it was Christmas Day. And that's fine. But I said, I missed it all. All of the anticipation, all of the fall events, all of the, the, the fires and, and the, the high school football games and the, the, the chili and, and the jackets and the hoodies. I missed it all and woke up and it was Christmas Day. And I said I was just like sweating because how excited I get in anticipation of everything leading up to Christmas. 
and I was so thankful to wake up and realize it was a dream. <laughs> you ever had that? Well, sadly, what we're talking about today, it's not just as simple as a dream. Bethlehem needed to wake up because they were missing it. And I think of those times where I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me, wake up, wake up. Don't be like the people when Noah was building the ark. Jesus referenced this in Matthew 24. I want to read a few verses. Jesus said, but as in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in those days that were before the flood, they were eat, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah had entered the ark and knew it not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall it be when the coming, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. There needs to come a time where we wake up and I am as guilty as anyone. I can get distracted so easy with just about anything, but my phone is really a, a battle because it is so crazy. Um, and I don't know where you are. I'm not promoing anything. I think our family has hit Instagram really hard and we send reels back and forth to each other all the time. Oh, this is hilarious. Send. We've, we've got it like, you know, in a family group. And so everybody gets it. And so we're, we're all just sending stuff back and forth. And even in the midst of something like super, super busy, we're super, super busy. Um, seems like we all make time for three or four reels, you know, that come forth. Oh, you got to see this. It's so funny. And in fact, this isn't in my notes. And so I'm just going to confess you know, phone and communication. And we think that everything has to be done right away. And we have no time. Um, Titus, who hasn't been the biggest football fan over the years, has got involved in fantasy football. And he got in a free league. Yes, this isn't spiritual either. He got in a free league at work, and he said, Dad, the boss set it all up, and so we're all supposed to draft. And he goes, I don't know what I'm doing, so can you help me? And so I said, yeah. So I, I logged in with him, and, and we drafted. And then he's like, Dad, who do I start? Who do I play? Who do I set? Who do I trade for? It seemed like every quarterback he had got hurt. So he's like, who do I get? I'm like, trade for this guy, drop this guy, put in a waiver, all that fun stuff. To the point where Miss Betty is up here giving announcements and my phone lights up. Titus said, Dad, who should I start today? <laughs> He's an hour away, an hour different, hour behind us. And so I said, Titus, do this and this and this and don't text me back because I'm preaching in five minutes. <laughs> but we get so consumed with so many things that are fun, but how vital are they? I don't want to be eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and doing life and going here and doing this and watching that and, and just uh, miss. I don't want to sleep through it as Bethlehem did. I don't want to miss the blessing. I don't want to miss it. And so the question that I have for all of us as, as we look at 
what happened during the greatest gift ever given. As Bethlehem first had no room, and they just slept through it. Am I Bethlehem? Are you Bethlehem? Are you aware of what God has in store and the plan and the purpose that he has? Are you aware that he wants to enter into your life? Do you have room for him? And I'm not just talking about salvation. Yes, absolutely, first and foremost. You know, you have to have a time where you accept Jesus as your Savior. But I'm basically talking to us as the church, us as believers. How much room do we make for Jesus? How often is there something big going on and we are going to sleep right through it and we find ourselves just as Bethlehem, the city who was ready that could have done so much more and ended up doing nothing. I have to look in the mirror as you do. And I ask myself this question. Am I following Matthew 6.33? Am I living Matthew 6.33? Am I passionately pursuing Matthew 6.33? And it says this. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his righteousness. And everything else, those things that you think are so important, they'll be added unto you, okay? It's proper perspective and it's proper placement. It's proper pursuit. Do I, like Isaiah, say, Every morning. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Something that needs to be done, a person that needs to be encouraged, a helping hand that needs to be given. Pastor killed me, and he didn't even know it. And I'm going to tell you. What does pastor always say about carrying money? Do you guys know? He, he says, always have some cash on you, right? Not for you, for someone else. Always have some cash on you. Woo, it wasn't even uh, on my mind. And come across somebody, and we're talking, and we're talking, and God goes, give him some money. And I was like, I mean, you know when you hear God's voice. I was like, okay. And I reached to my back pocket while he was talking, and I didn't have my wallet. And I was oh. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Pastor always says, have some cash on you. Missed opportunity. I said to the Lord, I'm like, I started negotiating. I'm like, we got to somehow make this right. And so as I was talking to this person, I'm just like, hey, where are you going to be later, you know, this afternoon? And they were just telling me their plans, and I'm like, okay. And so I ran home, and at the appointed time where I knew where the person would be, I grabbed the money that God told me to give, 
and I ran and I found this person and they saw me coming and I just went over and I just laid the money right in front of them and they looked at it and smiled and I just turned around and left. <laughs> and I'm not, that has nothing to do with the pat on my back. It's, it's listen to pastor. <laughs> listen to people that are over you. They've got good advice for you, okay? Be sensitive and ready to stand up and say, God, here am I, send me. I'm not everything that I'd like to be, but you can still use me. And we're not going to have a reflection song today, but I do want you to catch something that kind of God had, had stirred this in my spirit earlier in the week. And so when I heard that pastor wasn't going to make it today, I wasn't. Uh, totally caught off guard. God always knows, and he's always ready. And so God is telling you, and he's telling me this morning, don't be a Bethlehem. Have room for me. Make room. Actually, I think leads that song. I will make room for you. I'll clear those things out that don't need to be there, and I'll make room for you. And I want to wake up, and I want to hear what you have, and I want to be ready to be used as a good soldier in the army of God. I pray that you just be able to absorb this this morning, that it would bless you and minister to you. And even just there in your seat, that if the Holy Spirit pokes at you a little bit and, and encourages you, that you can just say, Lord, I don't want to be a Bethlehem. I want to make room for you. Because... What's happened in Bethlehem has now happened here in the United States. We don't have room for God anymore. And we're busy doing our own thing. And we've got so turned around, just like the Bible says, that we've come to a point where good is now evil and evil is now good. And we need to wake up. We need to cry out to our God and we need to passionately pursue him. So appropriately given the title Reflection Song, I pray this would be a time for you to reflect on what God has for you. like another silent night Above your deep and dreamless sleep A giant star lights up the sky And while you're lying in the dark There shines an everlasting light For the king has left his throne And is sleeping in a manger tonight Tonight Oh Bethlehem, what you have missed while you were sleeping 
God became a man and stepped into your world today. Oh, Bethlehem, you will go down in history as a city with no room for its key. While you were sleeping, while you were sleeping, Mary shivers in the cold, trying to keep the Savior warm. in dirty rags because there was no room for him in the world he came to save. Oh Bethlehem, would you have missed while you were sleeping? But God became a man and stepped into your world today. Oh Bethlehem, you will go down in history as a city with no United States of America looks like another silent night. As we're sung to sleep by philosophies that save the trees and kill the children. the eastern sky For the bridegroom has returned and has carried his bride away in the night in the night America what will we miss while we are sleeping Would Jesus come again and leave us slumbering where America, will we go down in history as a nation with no room for its king? Will we be sleeping? Will we be sleeping? United States of America like another silent night stand with me to your feet and we're gonna we're gonna pray this isn't just a time for me to lead us in prayer it's a time for you to be challenged and speak to the father and let him know that you're willing and obedient and you're ready to serve. And you're ready to, to be Jesus in a super dark world. I know it's challenging to hear the lyrics for the last verse, 
I pray that the church will say to all that goes on now and all of the the evil and the anti-God that in love they'll say, not on my watch. I'm awake. I'm ready to be used by God. Lord, how good it is to be under the sound of your word. The promises, the truth, the power that comes forth as we've read today and we stand on the truth that your word does not return void. Lord, Bethlehem had such opportunity, but they missed it. We, in turn, have such opportunity. I pray that we not miss it. I pray that we would not miss it, first and foremost, in relationship with you. Pray that we would know you as Lord and Savior. And then I pray in relationship that we would, we would have uh, a, a passion to be with you. Lord, as, as a dad, I have a passion to be with my family. You have such a greater passion to be with your children and to spend time with them. We spend time in your word and in prayer and in worship knowing that you have good and perfect things for us. God, if there's anything in me that's sleeping, I pray that I would wake up as Paul encouraged the church to wake up, to see the truth, to see the light because anything that becomes visible is in the light. And I thank you for your promise that you will be that light and shine on us. I pray during the remainder of the Christmas season, God, that we would be more like the shepherds. We'd be more like the wise men and not so much as the town that it didn't have room for you and the town that slept through the greatest gift ever. God, help us to be encouraged because you have given us the task to be the light bearers and to share the good news. And I pray that, that during Christmas time that our light would shine ever so bright. Bless your people. Bless all that happens today and the places we go and the things we do. Let us take this word and let it change us. And God, we will be faithful to give you praise and to point to you our focus and our goal in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being so attentive today. Hope you have a great day. You are dismissed.